Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned, and unmerited favor, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life for life. I'm going to quickly go into part two of what I started to share last Sunday. Uh, somebody shout if you remember what we started to talk about last Sunday. I am not disadvantaged. Uh, if you're sitting to somebody who wasn't here last Sunday, just, just tell them, you, you know, you are not disadvantaged in 2020. I'll go ahead and tell them that you are not even disadvantaged in the next 10 years, the next decade. Because 2020 is the beginning of a new decade. Glory be to God. And, uh, and, and I'm going to share on the same theme today. You are not disadvantaged. And that this is a declaration that we have uh, for this year. This is a declaration we're going to carry through over the next 10 years. So it's, it's, it's a word that is designed or uh, created to boost your confidence when it comes to your walk with God. When it comes to your walk with God, it's a word that is intended to boost your confidence. That it doesn't matter the kind of challenges you're going to face in your life. I want you to remember that you are not disadvantaged. Glory be to God. It doesn't matter who is going to speak into your life. It doesn't matter the kind of voices that are going to come your way. Words of discouragement, words of rejection, words, words of humiliation. I want you to know and know this for sure, that you are not disadvantaged. And as a church, is the same declaration that we are not disadvantaged as a church. Never. We are not disadvantaged. So I'm going to go straight into part two of it, if you missed last Sunday, uh, you, you, uh, we are not selling the message of last Sunday, but please do whatever it takes to, to tune into our podcast. We are available on iTunes. We are available on Google Play. Spotify is we're available on Spotify. And I'm pretty sure you should be able to listen to the messages on YouTube as well. I'm pretty sure they should be available also on YouTube. The, owner, the, the, the technician is saying, that means it's okay. <laughs> Glory be to God. Excited in the house of the Lord. Now I want you to listen to me very, very carefully today. Both the young people, the teenagers in the house, the Sunday school. I want everybody to concentrate. If you're able to take a notebook and jot down some notes. It's something that we highly recommend in the church of the living God today. Glory be to God. Now, one of the serious dangers in life is the danger of not recognizing the people that God sends into our lives. It is one of the most serious dangers that can impact on our success in life, that can have a negative impact in a number of areas of our lives. When we fail to recognize the people that God sends into our lives. Pastor, are you going to be talking more about you as the one who God sent to Ebenezer? No, I'm not talking about myself. But I want to show you through the scriptures how dangerous it is in our lives when we miss or we don't recognize the people that God does send into our lives. Scripture upon scripture reveals to us this great danger now, when you look at uh, this kind of a challenge, you, 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 you'll, you'll soon agree with me that it leaves you in a place of being disadvantaged. Every time we fail to recognize the people God sends into our lives, what that does is we disadvantage ourselves. Hallelujah. We disadvantage ourselves when we fail to recognize the people that God is sending into our lives, or not only people, but every time we fail to recognize what God is doing in this season, we place ourselves in that position of being disadvantaged. Uh, we become disadvantaged not because God has made us disadvantaged, but we disadvantage ourselves when we fail to recognize the very things that God is doing in our lives, in particular to a season that God would have uh, given us. 
Now, so this morning as I'm going to be sharing on you are not disadvantaged, I'm just going to turn it a little bit and, uh, and maybe title it to today, uh, I, I, I will not disadvantage myself. Yeah, last week we said I am not disadvantaged. So today uh, I might maybe say it, therefore I will not disadvantage myself. Yeah, God hasn't disadvantaged you. And God has no plans of disadvantaging you in the future. Therefore, make it a point that you will not disadvantage yourself. Am I talking to somebody this morning? So my objective to communicate to you this morning, it is to leave you at a place where you are conscious of the decisions that you make in your life. You are also conscious of the move of God in this season so that you do not disadvantage yourself when the advantage is there. You don't disadvantage yourself when the advantage is already there in your life. Glory be to God. I've, I've, I've experienced that in so many areas of our lives. Sometimes, you know, we, we, just, just a simple example. When you buy a small piece of furniture, most, uh, mostly in this part of the world, in the United Kingdom, you know when you buy like a wardrobe, you, you see a complete wardrobe unknown picture. Yeah? Before you buy the wardrobe, you will see a complete wardrobe on picture. But when you go to Ikea, you know what happens there? You encounter boxes with boards, right? It's not put together. But what I like is that they, they don't leave you like that. They will give you a manual, a guide. That you know what? What you are seeing on the picture can become a reality. But what you need to do, you need to take advantage of the guide. But I know my good friends from Africa. Amen, fathers from Africa. Amen, fathers from Africa. They know better than the manual. So even if the manual is there, the guide is there, something in their minds just tells them that, you know what, this one goes here, and this one is supposed to go here. And many times, they sit down to assemble. And then it appears like they're making progress, and there's a big smile on their faces. <laughs> oh, is pointing to mom. <laughs> and you know, it appears like someone is what is making progress. Am I talking to someone that, that is real? Is that real to you? It appears like we are making progress. Why? Because we, we think we know. Even though the, the, the manufacturers, they have put the guide, the step-by-step -step guide, and they are so good, they actually write step number one. And they write step number two. <laughs> and they write step number three. And they tell you all the pieces that you need to have inside there. They tell you even the number of screws that you're supposed to have. And they even advise you, please check that the screws are enough before you start assembling. But what do we do? <laughs> Nobody. If you are to be honest, how many do count? That's very true. They are saying I do, but they, there's no confidence. Because they do it in some places and sometimes they don't do it. But what they do is they put a guide inside. They put what? A guide inside. You know, the guide is meant to give you the advantage. But every time you don't recognize the guide, every time you ignore the manual, you disadvantage yourself. Why? Because when you think you're about to finish, you realize that you've missed this, the step number one. And now you're, you're, in your mind, you're on step number nine. You're only left with step number ten to complete. And then for you to put up number ten, number ten is not, put, is not coming together. Why? Because something on step number two wasn't followed. And you know what? You, you cannot say, oh, okay, step number nine, remain the way you are. And then I'll fix number two. Uh, you need to come back and dismantle everything until you come back to step number two and make sure that step number two is in its rightful place. What am I trying to communicate to you? Every time we give a blind eye to the manual, to the guidance that will be given, we disadvantage ourselves. And I'm saying to the church of the living God this morning, the church has been blessed. Every believer has been blessed by the great advantage of the Holy Spirit in the inside of you. Every one of us, everyone who has received Jesus Christ as the Lord and the Savior of their lives, you have been advantaged. And the great advantage God has given you, it is the advantage of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is there for one ministry that I want to concentrate on today. The role of the Holy Spirit in your life is what I want to consider on today. It is the role of guidance. Somebody say guidance. Like in the beginning I said, 
So every time we ignore the people or the things that God brings into our lives, what do we do? We disadvantage ourselves. Let's pick up a few examples from the scripture. Few moments when Israel or the people of God, they ignored the people that God sent to them. Luke chapter number 13, verse number 34. The Bible says, this is Jesus crying and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hand gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone who? Those I'm sending to you for your advantage, the ones that I'm sending to you for your advantage. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, all you who kill the prophets, the ones that I sent to you. Can you see what happens when we fail to recognize the very same people that God has sent to us who are supposed to give us the advantage, who are supposed to, to leave us in a place of, a favor, of, of favor and of, of, of being superior to the challenges of life. But what happens when we fail to do that? God is saying, I, I longed to gather your children. I longed to bring you together. But you were not willing. You were not willing. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stone those who sent, who were sent to you. Luke chapter number 19, verse 41 to 45. Luke 19, verse 41 to 45. This is Jesus Christ as he was approaching Jerusalem. And the scripture says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, what did he do? He wept over it. He wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what will bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. <laughs> the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground. You and the children within your walls, they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize, because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. When Jesus entered the temple, because he began to drive out those who were selling. I think verse number 44 that I wanted. Can you see what's happening? Jesus is almost coming to the time of crucifixion. And he's sitting and, and in a place called Bethany. And he's watching over Jerusalem. And as he's watching over Jerusalem, he began to weep. And he says, oh, if only you knew the time of a visitation. When he's talking about the visitation, he was talking about himself. He's saying, I'm the one that God sent to you. But because you did not recognize me, you missed the opportunity that God had given to you. Am I talking to somebody in this house this morning? So, what happens to Israel? Israel disadvantaged herself. Not because God placed her in a place of disadvantage, but they failed to recognize the one whom God sent to them. So, as a result, they left themselves in a place of being disadvantaged. Somebody shout, I will not disadvantage myself. Somebody shout, I will not disadvantage myself. So one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ, it is for us to be able to recognize the one whom God sends to us. It, is, it becomes very important. Why? Because this is where the great advantage comes in. The ability to recognize the one whom God sends to us and our engagement with the one whom God has sent to us. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now the dictionary simply defines to be disadvantaged is, uh, it's, it's an unfavorable condition that reduces the chances of success or effectiveness. That's being disadvantaged. When you are disadvantaged, you are walking in an unf unf unfavorable condition. And that, it, in that unfavorable condition, what it does is it reduces the chance of you being successful or being effective. But all that is emanating from a place of where of failing to recognize what God is doing so that you can continue to walk in a position or a condition of being advantaged. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Proverbs 29 verse number 18. 
it just echoes everything that I've been saying. Proverbs chapter number 29, verse number 18. I think it's one of the most popular scriptures. says, where there is no revelation. Somebody say revelation. Somebody say revelation. In other words, where, 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 where there is no the unveiling of God's mind, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom instruction. I don't know if you're able to bring the message translation. If people can see what God is doing, what happens to them? They stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, then they are most blessed. When we fail to see what God is doing, that is disaster in your Christian work. Our failure to see what God is doing, that will result in disaster in your life. But the Bible says, blessed is the one who attends to what God reveals. When we attend to the revelations of God, we are blessed. In other words, we are empowered to prosper. Because blessing it simply means empowered to prosper. That's what blessed means. Empowered to what? Empowered to prosper. Now, when you look at the work of God and man from the scripture, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, at any given time, God never left Israel or his people without guidance. Never at any given time. God always provided guidance to his people at any given time. But the most common three ways or three offices that God used, I'm going to try and teach today if that's okay. The most common or the most obvious three offices or the primary three offices that God uses to give guidance to his people. Number one is the office of the priest. Somebody say the priest. God used the office of the priest to provide guidance to his people. The office of the priest. Anybody who remembers Samuel? Prophet, uh, priest Samuel. When Israel had no king, even Saul wasn't king then. David wasn't there in the picture then. But God was using the voice of the priest to give guidance to the nation. Even the anointing of Saul, God had to come through the priest Samuel. Even the anointing of David the king, God had to come through the priest. That's it. And at any given time, God uses three of these offices. So number one is the office of the priest. Number two, it is the office of uh, the king. Somebody say office of the king. So we have the priest, number one, and number two, we have the office of the king. That is why in many times God guided his nation through the office of kings. We have King David, we have King Saul, King David, we have the Hezekiahs, we have the Solomons. You know, as they're coming in to guide the people into the ways of God. And the office number three, it is the office of the prophet. Somebody say prophet. So at any given time in the scripture, God gave guidance he led his people through one of these offices or a combination of them. At any given time, there was no time where God left his people without guidance. But out of these three offices, I want to draw your attention to the office of the prophet. The office of the prophet. Pastor, are you bringing us to the season of papas? No. But I just want to draw your attention to that. The office of the prophet. Now, when you look at the office of the prophet, I like it so much. It's easy to understand the office of the prophet when we compare it with the office of the priest. Right? It's easier to understand the office of the prophet when we compare it with the office of the, of the priest. Do you want to able to come and help me just to illustrate? Right. So you are the people and he is the priest. Now, the priest always faces people. Right? The priest is always facing what? People. Whereas the prophet, and I'm the prophet, the prophet is always facing God. Right? So whenever the priest wants to go to God, he comes to people first and he represents people to God. But every time the priest turns his back on God, he is coming from God, representing God to speak to people. Are you seeing the difference? The priest comes from people to represent people to God. The prophet comes from God to represent God to people. 
So every time the priest speaks, he sympathizes with the weaknesses of people. Whereas the prophet, when the prophet comes, the prophet doesn't really care what's going on. All the prophet is concerned about is to convey the mind of God. And that's it. Thank you so much. Is that clear to you? So when you are looking at the prophetic office, the prophets only speak when God speaks. Biblical prophets are not like the prophets of today. Biblical prophets are not like the prophets of today. Prophets of today, they prophesy every day, 24-7. Even when they haven't heard anything from God, they prophesy. Because they feel that they're in the office of the prophet. So every time people gather, I have to say something. But let me tell you, the prophets of God, they only speak when God speaks. They will only reveal things that God has, has shown to them. If God hasn't shown them anything, they don't cook up visions. They don't create their own visions. They only speak what they have heard. If God is silent, a prophet is silent. I'm not trying to sound controversial. But that's why you find that in the scripture, you don't find a prophet having pastor in the church. They were visiting ministers. Every time a prophet comes to your assembly, they, they've come with a word. And once they deliver the word, you don't see them, they, they go. Because they speak only when God does speak. Now, this is the key characteristic of prophets in the scripture. They only speak when God does speak. They only reveal things that God has revealed to them. If God is silent, they are silent. When God is speaking, the prophet is also what? The, also, the prophet is also speaking. But remember, why, pastor, are you talking about the prophets? I'm saying to you, at any given time, God gives guidance to his people through one of these offices. Either he speaks through the priest, or he speaks through the king, or he speaks through the prophet. And today I want to draw your attention to the office of the prophet. That at any time God wants to lead his people through the prophets, he speaks to the prophets, and he reveals things to the prophets, and the prophets will speak to the people. That is according to the Old Testament setup. But what I like about the office of the prophet, I could not believe yesterday as I studied the scripture that there are identical similarities with the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. There are similarities so identical. So identical. When you take the office of the priest and you take the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you see that they're exactly the same. John chapter number 16, verse 13. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He's telling them that, you know what, my time for, for me to be crucified and to leave you is, is around the corner. But listen to me, a lot of things are going to happen. You're going to be hated. If they hate the master, they're going to hate you as well. If they persecute the master, they're going to persecute you. And now the, disciple, the disciples, they are disheartened. They are troubled in their spirit. And God comes to them and he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. But when you come to chapter number 16, Jesus now begins to give them the assurance that, you know what, in as much as there are going to be challenges ahead of you, but you have the assurance, you do have the assurance of the Holy Spirit. And now in verse number 13, he says, but when the Holy Spirit spirit of truth comes, what is he going to do? He's going to guide you into all the truth. And what is he going to do? He will not speak on his own. The prophets never spoke on their own. He will not speak on his own, number one. He will not speak, he, he will not speak on his own. He will not, he will speak only what he hears. Am I talking to somebody else? He will speak only, not some. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Another translation, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. Unlike the prophets of today, they speak in their own authority. They can even kiss you even though God is saying, I've blessed you. They speak in their own authority. They can tell you that th your things will not work unless you are around me. They speak in their word, in their own authority. 
But let me tell you, the scripture says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare or he will tell you the things that are to come. Now remember, the prophets of the old, they only spoke what they had. They only revealed what they had. And the Holy Spirit, when he comes, the Bible says, he will not speak of his own. He will only speak what he hears the Father giving him. And he will only reveal what the Father has shown to him. So how then does God guide us? How then is God guiding us in this season? He's guiding us through the prophetic voice of the Holy Spirit. God is guiding the believer in the New Testament by, by the prophetic or the inward voice of the Holy Spirit. And I like to call that voice the inward voice of guidance. Somebody say the inward voice of guidance. Somebody say the inward voice of guidance. That is how God guides the believers. That is how God leads the church in this season. He leads us through the inward voice of guidance. Remember, there's a difference between inward and outward. It's an inward voice of guidance. Why? Because it is the Holy Spirit who is living inside of us, who is speaking to us, the mind of God, who is unveiling the mind of God to his people in this church. That is how the Holy Spirit leads the church. That is how the Father guides every believer. It is through the inward voice of guidance. At any given time, God guides his people. He speaks to his people. He doesn't leave you to do life just by yourself. But at any given time, God releases the inward voice of guidance. But remember, it is very important for you to recognize the ones whom God sends into our lives. And for this season, I'm saying to you, church of God, God has not sent us papas. God has sent us the Holy Spirit. I have a witness in the house. For this season or the, the Christian season, the New Testament season, God has sent to us the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He is the person whom God has sent us. Now, we cannot afford to do the same mistake that Israel did. That when the Father sent the Son to him, they did not recognize the hour of their visitation. The worst mistake or the worst error that we can make as a church, it is failure to recognize the one whom God has sent. It is ignoring the Holy Spirit in, who lives inside us. It is ignoring the Holy Spirit whom Jesus Christ has sent to us. He says when the spirit of truth comes to you, he is going to reveal to you even things that are yet to come. The Old Testament prophets, they functioned in two, in two ways. First, they, they function in what they call forth telling somebody say forth telling now when a prophet comes and they are they are forth telling right they are not talking about the future things but they're just declaring the mind of God in the present right that's forth telling they're just declaring what the mind of God in the present but foretelling it is when the prophets are telling you the things that are yet to come so you find that the prophets, they always operate in these two offices. At any given time, it's either the prophet is foretelling, is declaring the mind of God in the now. This is what God is saying in the now. And other times you find them prophesying about the things that haven't happened, but that are yet to happen. They are revealing things that are yet to happen. Now when you come to the Holy Spirit in John chapter number 16, it's the very same thing that you find the Holy Spirit doing in our lives. He, he, he only speaks what he hears. That's foretelling. He's revealing the mind of God in the now, in the present. Why, Pastor, are you bringing this? You know what? The guidance of the Holy Spirit in your life, it, it, it is, is for the present and is also for the future. Right? The guidance of the Holy Spirit is for the present and also for the what? I want you to get this right. The guidance of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is for the present life and the future life. Is for the present life and the future life. So the best thing that you can do as a believer, it is to surrender your present life into the hands of God. It is to surrender your present life into the hands of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because in the present, the Holy Spirit reveals the mind of God. You're like men of the people, they're very unsure about tomorrow. They're anxious about tomorrow. 
Because we don't know what tomorrow is going to turn out like. But let me tell you, we have the assurance of divine guidance. Because the one who lives in us, the guidance that God has given us, he is the one who knows what tomorrow is like. And the Bible says, when he comes, he shall reveal you to you the things that are yet to come. I, I am persuaded based on the scripture. I am persuaded beyond any shadow of doubt that the church, that the church should not face tomorrow without knowing what tomorrow is like. Why? Because the one who is guiding us is the one who knows the present life and he also knows your tomorrow. That is why at one time we sing and say, I will not worry about tomorrow. Why? Because he knows and he understands my future better than I do. So there is no reason for me to worry about what tomorrow is going to be like. That is why Jesus when he's teaching, he says, do not worry about what you shall wear tomorrow, what you shall eat tomorrow. Don't, 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 don't trouble yourself about that. Why should I not trouble myself about tomorrow? It's because you've got the guidance of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And when the spirit of truth comes, he shall reveal to you the things that are yet to come. Sometimes I feel we disadvantage ourselves. We disadvantage ourselves because we don't engage him. We don't engage him. We don't engage him for him to reveal to us what is tomorrow going to be like. I, 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 I'm praying that God help us together as a church. Lest uh, we, we, we encounter some challenges tomorrow that we haven't revealed to us. I think it's in the Old Testament. There's a time when God says, I will not do anything without revealing it to my servants. Who? The prophets. Is that right? I will not do anything. But I'm saying to you, the great prophet that we have in this season is the Holy Spirit. So in other words, God is saying, I'm not going to do anything tomorrow that I will not reveal to the Holy Spirit. And yet the same Holy Spirit is the one who comes and lives on the inside of us. So when he is inside of us, he should be revealing to us the things that are yet to come. Oh my goodness. I'm trusting for a church that is rising up to the level of the spiritual walk. I'm trusting God for a church that is rising up to that spiritual dimension where when we begin to walk, we are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are walking in the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We are responding to the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Why? Because where we cannot see, the Holy Spirit sees. What we cannot hear, the Holy Spirit does hear. So the best thing that we can do is to engage him, is to engage him. Engage him. Engage him in your life. Pastor, is that for pastors? Is that for the leaders? No, it's for every believer. It's for every believer. It doesn't matter how old you are. You might be in Sunday school. The guidance of the Holy Spirit is for the believers. Do I have believers in the house? Do I have believers in the house? The guidance of the Holy Spirit is for you. The guidance of the Holy Spirit is for you. The inward voice of guidance is intended to come and work in your life. You are not supposed to walk blindly. I'm preaching, I'm preaching this way because I want to stir your heart so that you can come to a place where you say, God, I, I want this kind of a life. I, I want this kind of a life. I, I don't want surprises in my life. I, I don't want people back home to do whatever they do in the dark and I'm not aware. And all I have to do is to be the recipient of the things. Lord, reveal to me while they are planning, while they are cooking, whatever they do. Lord, open my eyes. Let me see the agenda of the enemy before it explodes. It's your inheritance as a believer. It's your portion as a believer. You are not allowed to walk in darkness. Because the Holy Spirit is the light to us. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be life to us. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be light to us, shining forth upon our, our paths, so that when we walk, we are walking in the light of the Holy Spirit. Pastor, is this for church things? No. This is one of the dangers that we have as Christians. We want to put our lives into compartments. This is my church life. And this is my other life, my social life. No, when you are a believer, you have got one life. Yeah. When you are a believer, you only got one life. You don't have a Sunday life. I know that's the traditional. That's why we have Sunday clothing. Because <laughs> we're trying to have different kinds of what? That is why you have church Sunday language. Oh my goodness. Listen to them on a Sunday morning. Ooh, they are saints. 
goodness. The angels, spotless, blameless. On a Sunday, on a Sunday, everyone is righteous. If Jesus comes on a Sunday, I tell you everyone will go. On a Sunday. Wait until Monday. And those in, those in the upper class of that kind of life, wait for them until 4 o'clock of Sunday. And those in the second class, wait until Sunday evening. They would have gone back to their normal. You would wonder, is this the same person that I saw in the morning? Why? Because we're trying to put our lives in classes and in compartments that, you know what, uh, it's church life. I'm in church, so I've got to behave the churchy way. No, you've got one life in front of your pastor and in the absence of your pastor. You are a child of God. At work, when the manager is not seeing you and when the manager is keeping an eye on you, you are still a child of God. And I'm saying to you, the guidance of the Holy Spirit is not what he does to us when we are in a Sunday service. No, the guidance of the Holy Spirit is what he does at any given time in our lives. That is the mind of God. That is the mind of God. And I'm saying to you, Church of God, do not disadvantage yourself. Why? We disadvantage yourself because we don't recognize the one whom God sends to us. Whom did God send to us? God sends to us the Holy Spirit. But it's no point for God to send someone to us that we don't respect and recognize. It's pointless for God to send to us someone whom we are not going to be working with. That is why in one of our prayer points, uh, I think it was day number one when, when focusing on spiritual focus, we, we, we said let's pray for the presence of God. Right? And let's also pray for what? For intimacy. A closer walk with the Holy Spirit in this season. Daily walk with Him. A daily walk with Him. That is how God wants to guide us. So we easily disadvantage ourselves when we ignore the one whom God sends to us. We disadvantage ourselves. We push ourselves from a condition of, of, of favor where success is obvious. We push ourselves from that ground. It's disadvantaging ourselves. Not because God chooses to disadvantage ourselves. And can I be very clear to you? Many times we disadvantage ourselves not because of the work of the enemy. You know, the times that I sympathize with the devil, not that I like him. But the, honestly, elder, there are times that I sympathize with the devil. I'm not on his side, but there are times that I just, as a human being, there are times that I sympathize with him. Because I feel that sometimes we blame him even for the things that he, he's never done. We even blame him for the things that we say he was here when he wasn't even here. And some of you are going to be shocked if he used to come here and say, oh, <laughs> your people, they're even lying to me. I know I'm a liar, I'm the father of lies, but mm, what they are saying, mm, no, I, no, no, I know, I, I know lies. Lies is my life, but ah, God, your children are lying to me. I did not do this one. But yet you are crying in the prayer, holding your fist in heaven and say, devil, I cast you out. And you say, but God, ah, they're casting me, but I wasn't even there. That's why nothing happened in their prayer because they were casting what wasn't even there. Sometimes we disadvantage ourselves not because of the devil but because of our very own decisions. Decisions to ignore the one whom God sends to us. I was quite amazed because when I was studying the whole history of Israel and their walk with God, you hardly hear the scripture saying and then Israel did this because the devil did something to them. You hardly hear the scripture saying and Israel sinned because the devil caused them to sin. Was not decisions. That's why God had to come and say, turn to me. Yes, I know the devil does some work, but many times, it's our own decisions. And I'm saying to you, when, when it comes to this season, don't disadvantage yourself. Don't be quick to blame others. <laughs> God help me, let me not talk about the blaming culture. If I'm, just come, if I'm just going to come to your house right now, it's a blaming culture, isn't it? It's not me. Couples, amen. Couples, amen. It's a blaming culture, isn't it? You, 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 you're, you're never wrong. It's the other one who's wrong. 
But maturity is taking responsibility. That's where maturity comes in. Maturity is what? It's taking responsibility. That's maturity. And I'm saying to you, I'm, I'm not saying you are, the other one is the one who's always wrong. Sometimes even the wrong. But if you want to fix certain things quickly, take responsibility. What is my contribution to this disaster? And fix yourself before you try to fix others. Fix yourself before you try to fix the enemy. Am I talking to somebody in the house? Don't be quick to blame the devil. Look, check yourself. Examine yourself. Where have I gone wrong? Where have I missed it? So that you don't disadvantage yourself. Glory be to God, church of God. Glory be to God. Somebody said, I will not disadvantage myself. Somebody declared that I will not disadvantage myself. So the church has the privilege of that voice of guidance that is coming from the Holy Spirit. He is that prophetic voice that you need for this season. The Holy Spirit is that prophetic voice that you need in this season. So for you who is grounded in the word, you know, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time paying money for the prophet to speak a word for 2020 for you. You've got the inward guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? You've got the inward guidance of what? Of the Holy Spirit. You've got the inward guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I want to really emphasize this, and I've said it before. Anyone who's going to come and speak to you that God has said A, B, C, D. A believer who's walking with God, God would have already spoken that to you. So an outward voice must come to confirm. An outward witness comes in to confirm what the Holy Spirit is already saying into your life. That is, if you're working with God, if you allow your ears to hear God, glory be to God. So what do we need to do, Pastor, about this word? It's very important. Let's pay attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Revelation chapter number 2, verse number 7. Revelation 2, verse number 7. That is one of the most portion, most common portions of the scripture. That even those who are scared of reading the book of Revelation, what does they call it? The book of Revelations. That is the book of Revelation. There's only one revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse number 7 says, Whoever has ears, let them hear what? Let them hear what? Let them hear what? Those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to what? To the churches. So can you see that the Spirit does speak? The Spirit does speak. It's unfortunate that sometimes, you know what, especially the younger generation, they, they only know the move of the Holy Spirit by people falling down. That's what they know about the Holy Spirit. When you talk about the Holy Spirit, all they expect is what? People to fall down. When you talk about them, that he does speak into our lives, it's a different thing. But the primary role of the Holy Spirit in your life is that he does speak in your life. It's the speaking ministry. He speaks what he hears from the Father. He reveals what he sees from the Father. That is the primary role of the Holy Spirit. So I always say to people, not a person who falls on the ground, wakes up and continues doing what they were doing before, is worse somebody who, who goes up and prayed for it, you don't fall down, but you hear God speak into your life, you are far much better than the one who is what? Who has fallen on the ground and lives not changed. If you fall on the ground, when you rise up, you must be a changed person. You cannot, you cannot continue to be falling every time and your life is not changing. You will hate yourself. I was talking to some of the people and I was saying, you know, one of the challenges that we have now is now people are, not, people are no longer afraid to fall in church. Why? Because they catch us. You don't, even know, you don't even need to know that there's someone behind you. It's obvious. I remember the other time I was praying for this other young person. <laughs> it's amazing the things that happen in the church. I was praying for this other young person. It's not in here. It doesn't happen here. You know that. I was praying for this young person. Before I even, before I even reached my end on <laughs> So he did it the first time. And then he did it the second time. And the Spirit of God said to me, I need to fix this young man. So every time I go to pray to him, every time, come, come to him. So every time I pray for this young man, person, before I, release my, before I raise my hand to pray, 
because I know the moment I raise my hand to pray for him, he will start going. So now what I do is I go and I hold him in the back. <laughs> and then I pray for him. But you can still feel the push of wanting to what? Why am I saying this to you? You know what? The greatest thing you should desire in your life is not to fall. It is to hear the Holy Spirit in your life. It's the greatest thing that you need in your life. Desire to hear him speak. Desire the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. <laughs> Pastor, pertaining to spiritual things only. No, no, no. Your whole life. Yeah. Your, your, your entire life. Shan, when you're doing your cake, cake things, yeah, desire to hear the Holy Spirit. God, where are you taking me with this thing? He will reveal to you, he knows the tomorrow. He knows the future. You know, sometimes we don't know because we don't ask him. And we are not engaging him. We are not developing that walk with him. He who is, he is letting me hear what the spirit says to the church. In other words, that scripture is saying, pay attention to the speakings of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's saying. Pay attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The one who speaks to the church is the Holy Spirit. So pay attention to him. Pay attention to him. John chapter number 10, verse number 27. John 10, 27. I want to leave you with that portion of the scripture and then I'll close. My sheep hear. Other, other version says, my sheep hear my voice. Another translation says, my sheep know my voice. Not only do they know my voice, but I know them. But listen to the response of the sheep. They follow me. They recognize the voice of their shepherd. And what do they do when they recognize the voice of the shepherd? They follow the voice of their shepherd. That is the life of a believer. So, you are designed in such a way that you are capable of hearing God. I think that's one of the most powerful statements, as simple as it is. You are made in such a way that you can hear God for yourself. Yeah? Somebody shout, I can hear God. Somebody shout, I can hear God. And I purpose in 2020. I say after me, and I purpose that in 2020. I'm going to grow in discerning the voice of God for myself. I'm going to grow in discerning the voice of God for myself. Say like, I'm going to grow in discerning the voice of God for myself. Why is it like that? Because you can hear the voice of God. You've got the ability. God has put the mechanism in you to be able to descend the voice of God. My sheep know my voice. So when he speaks, everybody should know that, ah, now is the Holy Spirit speaking. And you stop everything. Be still and know that I'm God. When he's speaking, everything must stand still. But what happens sometimes, when he speaks, we don't know when he speaks. When he speaks, we can't recognize him when he speaks. And what, what happens, we go on our prayers, God speak to us. As if he's not speaking. Right now we are in here. There is no radio in here, isn't it? But you know that at the ZBC, ZBC one or the ZTV, yes, now the television, or even the St. Stephen. Let's let's come to the United Kingdom, BBC radio. Right now there is a presenter who's what, who's talking. But because we haven't tuned into the frequency does not mean that no one is speaking. It's just that we haven't what? Tuned into the frequency of where the presenter is what? The voice is there. But because we haven't tuned in, so we, you cannot move around and say, ah, you know what, the presenters are quiet today. Yeah? You cannot move around and say, ah, the presenters today, I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're not even talking. Maybe their microphones are down. No. You haven't tuned into the frequency. The Holy Spirit is speaking all the time in our lives. And I want, to, I want to bring this hunger and thirst in you in this season. That God, every time you speak, I want to hear your voice. 
Every time I engage you, God, I want to hear your voice in my life. Every time I'm asking things about the struggles I'm having at my workplace, Lord, reveal things to me. Speak to me, Lord. I want to know when you're going through challenges with your children at home, when you go down on your knees as a parent to pray, say, God, allow me to hear what is going on with my child. So that when you open your mouth to speak, you are conveying the mind of God. The worst thing that we can do it is, is to, it is to speak before God speaks. Make it a point in your life that every time you open your mouth to speak, you are speaking because God has already spoken. So in other words, the life of a believer, it is a life of responding to the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, I will not disadvantage myself. Somebody said, I will not disadvantage myself. How many are ready for this season, for the season of the manifestations? Where we are walking in the power of what? Where we are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, somebody shout out, a season of manifestations. Walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I will not disadvantage myself. Why? Because I am, I'm, uh, God has advantaged me. Yeah? Why? Because God has advantaged me. So for this season, I am not disadvantaged. And I am not going to disadvantage myself. How many are eager to hear the voice of God in their lives? How many are desperate to hear the voice of God in their lives? One thing I want to say, desperate people do desperate things. Yeah. You know, when you're desperate for something, you do desperate measures. You take desperate measures. Your prayer life will change when you're desperate for the voice of God. Your reading the scripture will change when you're desperate for the voice of God in your life. You cannot disadvantage yourself when you've got the inward voice of guidance. You cannot disadvantage yourself. You cannot disadvantage yourself. And I'm praying that together as a church, as leadership, everyone who is in the leadership, everyone has to deepen their prayer life in this season. Everyone has to go deeper in their prayer life. Every leader must be capable of hearing God. Every leader must be capable of hearing God. I'm convinced about that. This church is apostolic in its nature. The works in the acts of faith. That is AFM that I know works in the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything that it does is because we have heard God. But what's happening now, people speak more than the Holy Spirit. No one is attending to the things that God is revealing to us. So as a result, we are stumbling over ourselves. Why? Because we are being driven by the voices of men. Whereas the church is supposed to what? To hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let him who has ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thank you for tuning into Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also interact with Pastor Danny on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For easy access, the links are in the description. Until we meet again, may heaven keep smiling at you.